your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. The end of an era and the start of a new one. What's up? This is EJ Stewart, Tommy Beer, coming at you here with Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey, WFN original. We got so much to get to on this episode. We will be talking about the signing of Dante DiVincenzo, the Knicks, agreeing to a deal with the former Villanova guard, adding a third Villanova Wildcat to this team. Um, Also, just previously with the Golden State Warriors. So we'll break down the terms of the deal. We'll break down where he fits and what we can expect from Dante DiVincenzo in year one in New York. Also, Knicks trading Obi Toppin. Uh, He is now on his way out. He goes to Indiana. So we'll be breaking down everything that happened with that trade, what we got in return, how do we feel. Uh, considering how we talked about Obi Top on this show in the past, I'm sure it would be a lot of frustration with how that went down. And NBA free agency, the NBA offseason in full swing. Uh, big players had requested trades. One of them kind of got tied to the Knicks for a little bit. That was kind of weird. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the big free agent signings. And more on this episode of New Generation, oh, excuse me, of Orange Generation, of Orange and Blue Bloods. Keep it locked right here. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Tommy Beer joins me as always. Tommy, how are you feeling about 
the DiVincenzo move, the top move. How are you feeling coming back from this 4th of July weekend? I was looking to see if you may have been in that video that Michael Rubin put out on the uh, on, on the Hamptons with all those stars. I was waiting to see where Tommy was going to show up with the, with the family. I did not see a Tommy Bear sighting. Were you out there at that uh, big shindig? No, no, I didn't have all my all white outfit on, so I, I couldn't get in. Um, I showed up, but I uh, had a little bit too much color splash. So, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, strictly uh, having a couple kids running around was the uh, the extent of uh, my Fourth uh, of July activity. So, so nothing right home about. But we got some Knicks news to talk about. So uh, let's dig into it, EJ. Yes, let's do it. So again, this is Orange and Blue Bloods, a uh, a a, a WFN Odyssey original. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service. Get these episodes every time we drop. Also, check us out on YouTube. You can find us on the Odyssey Sports and the WFAN YouTube channels. Let's begin with the free agent sign. The Knicks get their man. New York has agreed to a four-year, $50 million contract with Warriors guard Dante DiVincenzo, the team had been linked to the former Villanova star for months, and now he joins his fellow Wildcats, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart, who, by the way, also agreed to opt in to his player option for this year at $12.9 million. So Hart opts in to the $12.9 million. An extension, I think, would be expected at some point in time. That's not been announced yet, but Hart opts in, allowing for DiVincenzo to sign for the full mid-level, you know, once – Obi Toppin was traded, which we'll get to that in a second. Um, DiVincenzo averaging 9.4 points a game, shot a career best 39.7% from three while playing with the Warriors last season. So we've talked a bunch about should they get him? Will they get him? Why do they want him? Now that Dante DiVincenzo is on his way to New York, just Tommy, explain to the audience what are the Knicks getting in DiVincenzo? Yeah, we'll talk about how it impacts, you know, I think it's important to talk about the moves in conjunction because I think um, obviously the, the Knicks front office isn't going to speak to the media. But if they did, let's say in a hypothetical world where, you know, front office executives kind of explained what they're thinking, my sense is that they would say, you know, and we'll talk about the old thing in a second, how they got basically peanuts back for the former number eight overall pick. They would say, don't look at it as just two second round picks we got for OB. We got two second-round picks and the ability to sign DiVincenzo. Even though they're not directly related in terms of creating cap space, it's keeping it under the apron and and the luxury tax line, et cetera. Um, So for that reason – It's kind of similar to last year when they had all those trades during the the draft. And people were like, you know, we don't got a first-round pick. And they're like, hey, this money can now be used to spend on Brunson, to spend on Hartenstein. So, like, don't think of it as we lost – First round picks for nothing. We we got two free agents that were going to be valuable to the team. Exactly, exactly, and that's like you know you just think oh we gave away a first round pick and it don't have anything to show for it except some future protected picks, which is ridiculous. Um, but they used the money to you know obviously that was a part of signing Jalen Brunson. It wasn't solely responsible for it, um, but it, it played a part in in the whole thing. So, Dijenzo, we'll talk about Dijenzo first. Um, the Knicks are better because. They have Dante DiVincenzo as part of their lineup. Like he's a player that a lot of teams wanted. Um, can hurt you from from deep. Good three point shooter. Shot forty percent from three last season. Um, wasn't great. Um, you know, in, in his first couple of years in Milwaukee, 
Um, but obviously, you see the mechanics, the, the, the shot distance. You know, he, he's capable of shooting from 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 a pretty deep range. Um, tacky off the dribble if you close out too hard. Um, very good rebounder for a guard with tension, a bit important. Um, uh, so high rebound rate, high steal rate, top 15 in steals in the NBA. Um, versatile, can guard point guard, shooting guard, some of the smaller threes in the NBA. Um, so there's a lot that he can do. Um, and so you know, bringing that to the table. Also, I think it's important to note, if Josh Hart and Jim Brunson co-sign you, like if they're if, if they speak for you and they know him better than than you know than, than the vast majority of players having spent so much time around him and they wouldn't bring yeah. him in if he was a knucklehead they wouldn't ask management you know obviously management the first thing they're going to ask when they're thinking about some player is anybody if you had had you played with him in a previous stop did you coach for a coach who had coached him um, it's a right. small you know small little the NBA is a small little fraternity so your reputation you know looms large and there's a reason Christian Wood is. Uh, un- currently unsigned. You know, when if we talk about backup power forward, you know, potentially, um, there's a reason why Demarcus Cousins couldn't get a, another in the in Puerto Rico, despite being an incredibly skilled player. I mean, there's there's reasons for all this stuff. Um, so I say that to say the fact that um, that the, the Knicks, really, the heart and soul of the Knicks, Jalen Brunson and, and now Hart, um, you know, that they have a familiarity and are comfortable and obviously, you know, um, fought for, you know, want the Knicks to sign him. It says a lot about his preparation professional all that good stuff um that that a lot of the stuff that that the knicks you know uh, that nick fans are optimistic about going forward that that stuff that they bring to the table divincenzo bring the same type of competitors the one thing about divincenzo that, that i want to mention that you know going back mm-hmm. to his draft day he have to play at that uh, a lot of players skip the combine altogether and even those yeah. scrimmages this on uh this is an opportunity for me to show that I can play. And any two, any time I have an opportunity to play basketball and do that, some of the other that had always stuck with me, even DiVincenzo, and I think that kind of speaks this competitive to what they had. Yeah, and going back to that draft, remember he 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 was the most uh, outstanding player in the Final Four. He played spectacularly during that tournament, and that really rose his stock to being a first round pick. So again, he could have just rested on his laurels of that performance in the tournament. And said, all right. I'm good. I don't got to do any more. But then, yes, like you said, he went to that combine, played exceptionally well, scrimmage, and that allowed him to kind of even get higher in the first round than I think maybe people thought initially, especially prior to that tournament run. So, DiVincenzo, I mean, to me, you're getting a Tibbs, like, dream. Like, this is the kind of guy Tibbs wants, a guy who's hard-nosed, a guy who plays 100% at all times, um, a guy who who, who is unselfish, uh, a guy who it doesn't matter if he scores two points, he'll still play hard. If he scores 20, he'll still play hard. Like in many ways, this feels like a kind of nod to Thibodeau saying, okay, you, you did a good job last year. This is a guy who can help you. This is a guy I know you'll play. Here's Dante DiVincenzo. Figure it out. Like, you know, the Knicks haven't quite always done that. Like, you know, they gave him Cam Reddish. And this is guy, yeah. not a guy that Tom Thibodeau wanted anything to do with. And, you know, this time around, this feels somewhat like that. You know, this is a guy who can help. They're not just doing this for Tibbs. But I think the fact that they looked at this player and said, Tibbs would love to have a guy at this who's, who could defend multiple positions, who plays hard, who rebounds the ball the way he does, um, and can hit the open three. It, it, that was that was the kind of guy they, that, that Tibbs would love. So uh, DiVincenzo comes in. I think for me, the key will be uh, how he shoots. Um, he shot the ball really well last year. Um He's been a little bit of a, I would say, streaky shooter, a little inconsistent shooter for uh, parts of his career. Some of that due to injury. 
Um, he's definitely improved as a shooter. This was the best year as a shooter, period, um, playing for the Golden State Warriors. So you hope that he can replicate that performance, and that wasn't due to playing with other guys like Steph and Clay and some of the opportunities you get playing with those guys. The one thing, though, to be clear about Dante DiVincenzo is he started a lot of games for the Warriors because of those injuries, um, and he played pretty well stepping in for those guys. I thought he played pretty well in that playoff series against the Lakers, even though they lost as a team and they didn't play well as a team. I didn't think that he was one of the problems. So uh, the Knicks are getting a good player. I don't know if he's necessarily the perfect fit for, like, what I think they need, per se. Like, I think um, we now know they need a back of four. Uh, I also think that they needed probably a guy who was a, a more of a, a true sniper, you know, not necessarily I wanted Max Schroes, but like a Max Schroes, Duncan Robinson type, like, I think they needed a guy like that. I don't know if DiVincenzo is that kind of player. Well, I don't think he is. In fact, so not necessarily okay. The guy that I absolutely would have dreamed to have in terms of where you're spending that mid-level exception, but you got to give money to the guys that are available. And uh, to get Dante DiVincenzo, that's not too bad. So, um, so, so I get it. I understand it. Uh, now, I'll be curious to see. I'm curious what you think about how this rotation works. Um, Obi Toppin's out of it now. He's not on the team. And you add a guard, so that kind of makes things weird, assuming we're still staying with nine men. So how do you think Dr. T. DiVincenzo fits with uh, how they're going to play this, t- this team next year? Yes, as we kind of start to wrap in the, the OB piece of this, obviously it happened on the same day, so it would make sense to talk about it. And the thinking was, with the useful mid-level exception, and, and DiVincenzo got slightly less than the mid-level, like right, right around 11.5. Um, Nixon's have a, about a million left of that, that level they can use if one of the two-way players actually shows out in Vegas, uh, they can sign yeah. one of their rookies to a contract. Um, so it gives them a little flexibility. Um, but what, would they, the guy that they, would they use that mid-level exception um, if they weren't, if this player wasn't guaranteed a rotation? We know Kibbs likes to play nine guys. So the thinking was they would ship out one of the rotation players if they're going to bring in a, a mid-level guy. Now, Vincenzo, the talk was, so what does that mean for Grimes and or IQ? Um, maybe they're not comfortable giving IQ the full, you know, uh, four for 80, four for 100, wherever he, right. somewhere in that area that we've discussed, um, that they would kind of seek out a trade in that direction um, if they brought in DiVincenzo. As it turns out, Obi was the odd man out, um, never fit. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but so it seems for the moment, obviously the Knicks may not be done um, you know, with, with kind of reshaping of their roster, tweaking their roster uh, over the summer. Uh, Fred Katz, the Athletic, had a report that they're potentially pitching teams on a combination of young players and all the stuff that we've kind of discussed. They're keeping the ear to the street. Um, obviously, you know, outside of the big names, the Embiid's, the Dantages, uh, honest, the guys that they're going to keep an eye on, but that would be franchise altering. Um, you know, they're the, the lesser, even star level players like Paul George, sounds like they kicked tired. Asking price was too high. They'll they'll move on and obviously um, see what else is out there. But it sounds like as of now they're content to go into the regular season with Josh Hart as their backup four. Um, you know, we know Hart's a great rebounder, but that carries with it a certain amount of risk. Um, is it a good idea to have him play eighty plus games against you know some bigger, stronger opponents when his advantage was overpowering smaller, small forwards? Those are the mm-hmm. conversations that we'll have. Um, so your thoughts on that, and I guess just first and foremost, um, your thoughts on Obi's, you know, I know you're a big Obi guy, 
his New York, uh, you know, uh, just never really worked out here. Your thoughts on him as he uh, heads off to Indiana. Yeah, I mean, so first on Obi Toppin, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's tough because, you know, I'm an Obi Toppin guy. Uh, I felt like he was a player that should have remained the Nick. Like, you know, I, I like it should have worked out better. Like this is a, a native New Yorker guy who wanted to be in New York. Um, a guy that was drafted, you would you be thought to replace a player who looked like had already worn out his welcome in his first year in New York and Julius Randle. So it's crazy to be, you know, three, four years later and you're seeing him, uh, you know, the ticker go through or the tweet from Woj go through and say, Obi top and trade over two future second round picks, especially given he actually showed promise. You know, it'd be different if this was a first round lottery pick. That was a bust. A guy that could not play, a guy that didn't have talent. And you're like, all right, well, you know, they drafted another uh, bad player. You know, surprise, Nick's screwing up the draft. How long, how many times have we seen that? I think you could accept that a little bit. But I think to know that we've seen Obi flash brilliance and seen Obi flash um, at the very least starter potential, you could argue even all star potential, to see it end with two second round picks, it stinks. But at the same time, I don't really know how you can complain about it given the circumstances. I guess when I see some of the the, the discussions about what happened, if you wanted to, to argue that they should have traded Randall after they, they drafted Obi, sure. Now understand that you would not have had these good seasons you've had with Randall that come with a lot of bad, obviously. But you got to understand that you wouldn't play made the playoffs in 2021. Um, I don't know what Obi would have been as a starter at this point, this point in his career. I don't know if Jalen Brunson's here if always hopping is one of the key pieces to this nucleus. I, I don't know. A lot of things are different. It's like, it's a literally, you know, I love the flash and I love, uh, you know, uh, spider versus it's an alternate timeline. There's all the timeline where that happened, but it, it, to think that all oh, Knicks would be in the same position they are today. I don't think that would be the case. So it, 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 it it's tough. Like you can beef with the fact that they didn't do something with Randall Earl. You can maybe beef with the fact that Tibbs didn't, play Obi Toppin more, whether it meant limiting uh, limiting uh, Randall's minutes a little bit or playing them more together. But I think given the reality we live in, which is that Obi was drafted, Randall became an all-NBA player, um, Tibbs didn't see the value in playing them together, so Obi's minutes were decreased, I think you can't really argue the fact that the Knicks could have got more. Like, you can't go to other teams and say, I know he only averaged seven points on 44% shooting, but trust me, dog, he can play. Like, just just trust me, he's good. Like, he's worth a first-round pick. Like, you can't do that to teams. Like, teams aren't going to say, okay, I believe you, and just take him on. They're going to say, no, like, this is what his value was. This is how he performed. These are his numbers. There's no way you're trading first-round picks or even a first-round pick for a guy that averaged seven points on 44% shooting coming off the bench. Like, that. Like that's just a non-starter. So, I, I had a feeling that the return was going to be tough. It was tough to actually see it. I had to write out two first rounds. I couldn't believe it. But when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. But it, it's just unfortunate that this is how it ended. Yeah. I mean, listen, lottery picks are valuable in the NBA. There's no two ways about it. The best franchises make the most of them. You don't want too many of them. But when you have them, you want to make the most of them. Frank Nikita, Frank Nilakina may have played his last NBA game. Uh, you know he may be off yeah. to, to, to overseas. Kevin Knox is looking somewhere to hopefully get a minimum level contract somewhere and, and prove he still belongs in the NBA. Um, so when three of your last four you know top ten picks are no longer with the franchise, um, all made within the last five or six years or so, um, that's not ideal. Uh, you know team building. 
um, and, and R.J. Barrett, um, obviously the lone exception. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, coming off a, a great playoff run, um, no complaints there. Um, so, you know, but you're giving your take. The, the Knicks also have, to their credit, hit on some mid-20 lot, uh, mid-20 yes. personal picks. Um, OB and Gron, um, IQ Queen and Grind. IQ, um, yeah. You know, so that that's that's you know. Listen, if you if you if you think about it in retrospect, if you take IQ eighth and and OB twenty fifth, and you know you, you you come out of that draft you know feeling content. So many years later, that these are the players you got. Um, but uh, yeah, the unfortunate thing with OB, um, and I agree that their hand was forced, as we've said on this podcast a million times. If you're if Tibbs is here and Randall's here, OB can't be here. It's it's just that simple, right? Um, it didn't make sense for all parties involved. Um, I think this was a little bit of a case of, of a, a former agent trying to do what's best in curry favor, um, you know, within in relationship building and all that stuff. Um, because my with his, with his with, son, which is weird, with his with his son, <laughs> his son is always convoluted and weird yeah. and strange. Um, my biggest issue with with the trade um, wasn't even necessarily what they got back. It's when they decided to get back just two second round picks, because um, as we had discussed, I would have preferred them hold on to Obi until the start of training camp, make sure Randall comes mm. back and looks healthy. Hold on to Obi, you know, in case Joel Embiid demands a trade tomorrow. Um, the team you're trading, uh, the team that the, the superstar that demands a trade, if it's uh, Embiid or Devin Booker, this, this is not going to happen. But it, right. that that team. Um, would obviously prefer, I would assume, would prefer Obi Toppin and his bird rights as opposed to a pair of second rounders, which they got back, right. or a trade exception, which the Knicks got got in return as well. Right. Um, so if that's the case, and you're only going to, you know, you're going to trade him for 25 cents in the dollar or 40 cents in the dollar, depending on where you value Toppin, let's do it at the trade deadline because you're still going to get a half a season out of Obi, and that's an insurance policy that gives you peace of mind should Randall get injured and miss a couple games or a couple weeks, we know he's super durable. Um, we know he's led the league in minutes, you know, uh, you know, basically two of the last three years, right at the very top of the league in, in terms of minutes, last three years for that matter. Um, so there all, all these things considered, I would have preferred if they were going to do that deal to, to wait and get it done a little bit later. And the thing about the top in thing that hurts me also is I think this might be one of the rare times where, a player leaves the Knicks and they actually, I think, become a really, really good player and borderline star. Like, first of all, the fit he's going to with Indiana, yes. Yes. I think, is sublime. I mean, you're talking about a pass first, uh, awesome point guard and Ty Tyrese Halliburton, a great, great unselfish guy, a guy who's a ten assist guy. You're talking about stretch five with Miles Turner, so you don't have to worry about, oh, we have to stand in the corner for a whole game. Um, a, a very innovative offensive coach and Rick Carlisle, who's going to play a, a more uh, futuristic style of basketball than the way of basketball the Knicks play, which relies on a lot of isolation. Like, and then no, no petition, at least initially, you know, they have Jairus Walker. I don't know if they're going to start him to start this season, especially now that they got Obi Toppin. But like, Obi Toppin is going to play a lot. Like, even if Jairus Walker does play a lot, Obi Toppin is going to go from 15 minutes to at least. 25 28 minutes like he's gonna get time so like the fit is perfect and we've seen so many knicks leave over the course of these several years and people said the Knicks are gonna regret this one but then they really never do like right. jeremy lynn and i was one of the biggest people banging the table yep. saying how did we not bring back jeremy lynn that didn't that was not an issue oh tim hardaway leaving that it was an issue uh uh, uh Copeland, i remember 
Porzingis, Porzingis. Dream, you know. Right. I remember I remember when Chris Copeland left, there were Knicks fans saying, Oh, we blew it. Like Chris Copeland is gonna become a great player. Like guys, and you kind of laugh thinking about some of these guys that left, and you're like, they didn't do anything. Why would we even you know the latest Cam Reddish yep, yep. <laughs> um, just a couple of months ago? Like this guy signed a, a minimum deal to kind of stay in the league basically with the Lakers. Like it, it, rarely do these guys ever actually come back and haunt the Knicks in any major way. This feels like uh, this guy might end up being like really good on a team that is ascending, and now they're in your conference. Like, I, I maybe like what's interesting about the Pacers thing is I actually wonder if they've created a Randall uh, Toppin situation on their own team because like now Toppin goes in. I think he probably starts. He only averaged seven points, so you're thinking maybe he's just a short-term guy until Jarius Walker is ready to play full time. And if, what if Obi Toppin pops? Like, I think he will. I think he could be a most improved player of the year candidate. What happens there? Now you draft a guy. I believe they drafted Jarius Walker eight. I think I, I'm almost certain that it was either eight or nine, right around that same place that the Knicks had drafted Obi Toppin. I'll actually be curious, given the way their roster is built, if they end up having a conundrum in three years with their power forwards and saying, "Okay, what do we do?" Like they got to pay Obi Toppin a contract next year, just like Knicks have to pay Julius Randle. Like it's. It, in some ways, it feels a little bit like deja vu I'm watching over there with the Indiana Pacers, but I actually think that OB is going to end up playing really well there. Uh, Walker at college, do you think he could play some three at times, like do you, or play alongside OB if they So, need? yeah, I mean, it all depends on how much you believe in his shot. Like, he's kind of undersized. Right. Like, he's like six, right. seven, right. six, right. eight. Like, yeah. now he's a, he's a tank. So, like, he's yeah. a power forward. Like, the guy, he's not, like, undersized in that regard. He's just not that tall. Um Maybe the only problem is like, and, and maybe their offense would help, or the fact that the way their team is built with so much of it going through Halliburton, maybe you can get away with like not having another shot creator out there. I would feel weird right. about having him in top and in a five out there because now you're really relying on your backcourt to create everything. But right. they might try it. Like I could see them trying it. And the one thing about Walker that makes him more versatile, perhaps in Obi Toppin, uh, Walker is an, in a defensive ace. And he can guard yeah, yeah. three, maybe four positions. So you won't be hurting defensively by putting him at the three. Walker could guard some twos in the NBA. That's how athletic he is. So, like, the the Pacers are an interesting team. Like, I think that they did some interesting things coming in coming into this off season. Uh, like, I I don't know what that means in terms of the win column per se, but I, I do I did like their draft, and I like this always top pick pick up a lot for them which pains me because I, I got to go on Twitter and see Tyrese Halliburton saying that, you know, he's going to do the Mahomes to, you know, Tyree Hill and be like, you know, Obi's out there somewhere and just throw it up. Well, I was like, that's the last thing I wanted to see of all the players talking about Obi top and Tyrese Halliburton, the guy that's been a thorn in the Knicks side because they didn't draft him. And then while he's Irving, he's a fake all-star. And then he's in the headlines talking bad about the Knicks for months. It's like, this is the last guy I want to hear talking about a, a Nick that was beloved. And now he's a pacer. Like it's, it's it's just like the like it couldn't have it couldn't have landed worse for the Knicks in that regard. Exactly, and and you're totally right in terms of most improved player award. Like he may not directly translate to wins. We'll see. Can he improve defensively? Can he improve rebounding? Right. But we know about these awards are strictly are are usually based strictly on counting stats. Yeah, the guy that won this hit. year had like had no impact on his team's plus minus or like them winning more games, and he won because his numbers were good. Exactly. Yes, I'm so salty about this, by the way, Celtics fans. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the type of thing that 
that we see so often. And and there's a good chance in Obi's, you know, for your fantasy basketball players out there, Obi's a guy I'm gonna draft. Um, that just because he's he has that upside, he's gonna shoot a high percentage because he's gonna take so a lot fewer threes, take a lot more shots at the rim. They're gonna counter. They're gonna do the thing that the didn't do to put Obi Toppin in a position to succeed, as we talked about out of Dayton and different and, and different from Walker there was a lot more pressure I think on Obi coming you know now he's not only is he going to Indiana but the only trade was two second round picks it's like he has a fresh right. start so little pressure on him not you know um coming to New York he was the eighth overall pick in the draft he was the player of the year coming out of Dayton um he had you know 20 points per game the biggest plus for Obi was MB ready he's going to contribute right away and all these things kind of worked against them um, but still, he handled the right way. Easy to root for. New York kid. Um, everybody wanted to succeed. Obviously, when you have that slam dunk, you know, title, you know, when, when you're that type of athlete, um, you're going to get a lot of fans, a lot of guys wearing your jersey. Um, but, yeah, it, bottom line is Tibbs wanted guys, that, his power forward, to shoot threes. We saw uh, um, uh, Julius Randle set a record, you know, franchise record for most three-pointers attempted by a forward in next season. There's all these – factors kind of you know working in the way of stumbling blocks that that obi kind of had to overcome all those have been knocked low and he's just got a clear yeah. path to playing time with a point guard that's going to feed him with the ball in an offense uh under recall let's push the pace and, and look for ways to accentuate his positives um and then see he learned the the you know the can he fine tune his game to be more than just a score, more than just impact the game offensively? I think he can. You and I both are are in agreement um, that there's a uh, there's a reason um, that that the Pacers made the trade. And I think they they got a steal, right place, right time, all that stuff. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But you're right; it'll be very interesting to see Randall and Obi match up against each other. You know, four times a year when the Knicks play the Pacers. Oh yeah, yeah that that is going to be interesting. I was actually thinking about uh. The sixth man of the year award. I mentioned the Celtics, but even the guy who won the most proof play, Lowry, marketed it again. Team got worse, and he he won't yep. prove player because uh, he individually improved. So again, the Pacers, regardless of win losses, if Toppin puts up big numbers, he could absolutely uh, be in that running. I look at this Pacer team now; like they remember they added Bruce Brown too. So you got uh, Bruce Brown, you add uh, Jarris Walker in the draft, and now you got Obi Toppin. Um, they traded away uh, 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 the kid from Oregon. I can't remember his name now. He's in the Sacramento Kings. Um, uh, the name's escaping for some reason. But they traded one of their recent cards they drafted. Um, but now they've gotten a little older, a little more experienced. Like, these are the teams you got to pay attention to in the Eastern Conference. Like, you know, the one thing I think we learned the hard way a couple years ago when the Knicks were, you know, in 2021, when they had the fourth seed and, we thought, oh, you had Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, and you get rid of some of those guys like, you know, Alfred Payton. Like, oh, the Knicks are a lock to get back to the playoffs. But you got to pay attention to these teams that um, get better within the margins and then some of their young guys improve. And then in a year, you know, they could make a leap, and you're like, wow, this team's really pushing us in the standings. Remember, the Pacers were in the playoff hunt, essentially, until Halliburton got hurt. Uh, he got hurt a couple yep. times this year. Yep. So uh, so I think the Pacers become an interesting team to follow. But Obi Toppin going there. Uh, definitely a blow again, you know, uh, Tom, you guys are enough about how much time you can't stand Reggie Miller and some of the, the pacer lies that, that, that have been spewed about uh, the rivalry with the Knicks. So um, Obi going there definitely feels like a, a blow, but um, again, this is an, a, already a, a interesting off season so far. It is in full swing. Um, some 
of the biggest stars in free agency are staying put. So perhaps not so much movement, but there also are some major trade requests out there involving some future Hall of Famers that could continue to make this offseason interesting. So uh, Portland Trailblazers guard Damian Lillard requested a trade to the Miami Heat. Uh, James Harden asked out of Philadelphia after he was unable to come to terms on an, uh, an agreement on an extension. So the, the, the Sixers elected to accept uh, the, 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 he accepted the opt-in to his player option and say, you know what, I'm opting in, but get me out of here. You guys can't sign me uh, long-term, which is, is that, that whole thing is interesting. We're going to have to talk about that. The Knicks were initially involved as a, as a team that was mentioned potentially as a, as a team that, uh, that would be interested in hard. And that has since died down. I saw Ian Bailey say that it was absolutely not uniform, the interest in James Harden. So perhaps maybe there was some in the front office who wanted him, but not, others or not even most of the Knicks front office but uh the Knicks did get their name out there initially as being a team that was possibly interested in Harden which absolutely stunned I think most people observing meanwhile you did have Fred Van Vliet agree to join the Houston Rockets on a three-year 130 million dollar deal so a huge deal for uh for uh, Fred Van Vliet who probably joins that team and looks at the roster with a bunch of young kids and says how's the money y'all there's poor people around <laughs> With your broke ass. <laughs> so Fred VanVleet uh, joins the Houston Rockets on on a mega deal. Uh, but when it came to a lot of the big names, he was really one of the few that actually did change teams. Draymond Green, Kyrie Irving, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Cam Johnson, Kyle Kuzma all resigned with their respective teams. Now, some of the other notable deals involving players that did change teams, Dylan Brooks also jumped in that same uh, same locker room with all those rookies and guys who are on rookie deals. And uh, he comes in with a new deal. Uh, he's making $20 million a year on a four-year deal. So he gets paid. Gabe Vincent, maybe, to me, maybe the biggest surprise of this of this free agency to me, free, Gabe Vincent going to the Lakers on, on a three-year deal. Uh, Max Schroes also, uh, along with George Nian, going to the Cavs. And uh, Eric Gordon going to the Suns. One of the only guys I've seen so far I want to take you know, pe- uh, pennies <laughs> to fill out the Suns roster. Uh, surprise, surprise. I reckon saying the Suns will be fine filling out the roster. I'm like, okay, I've seen them sign one guy since all this trade. So they got to figure out how they're going to do the rest of this. Um, so of all of these moves, uh, what has stood out to you so far, uh, given the start of the offseason? All right. Um, I guess I'll go a little bit rapid fire instead of digging into too many and then you right. can bounce back in and kind of circle in on a few. Van Vliet, um, I understand what the Rockets were doing, uh, you know, overpay a little bit. Um, I've always been a big Van Vliet fan. Van Vliet fan. Um, <laughs> that is a twister right there. Yeah, that's a twister. <laughs> um, but uh, that much money for for a guy that's shot below 40% base last three years is is a lot. Uh, but, you know, Rockets, I don't mind if you're if you're spending to bring an adult in the locker room, kind of get, you know, show these young kids, uh, you know, why it pays to bet on yourself, hard work, effort, preparation, professionalism, all that stuff. Um, so I think that value um, could, you know, is obviously – Van Vliet's still in his prime. He's going to pay dividends short-term, but also long-term as well as, you know, they, these guys kind of grow up. Um, the, in, the the flip side to that is what are the Raptors doing? Um, right. You know, it is, there, was, there was some talk today about Siakam, you know, his name potentially coming up in trades again. And if Siakam gets dealt, um, does that uh, mean that Ojeanu is the next kind of down So 
very interesting situation. Uh, we're going to see uh, out into the one. Make, make no mistake about it. We credit guys like Messiah Curry when they do a good job. You can't have Fred Van Bleed on your roster and watch him leave and, and get nothing right. returned. Um, Draymond Green going back to the Warriors makes total sense. We knew once they got Chris Paul, they're going to keep the core together, which they should do. Uh, anytime you have Steph Curry playing at MVP level, keep the gang together. Hopefully get hot in the playoffs, get healthy. You can win another title. Kyrie Irving, I don't know well, how many times teams have to see um, uh, Kyrie Irving come into a situation, make it worse, cause headaches. Um, you know, some teams, I saw people giving the, the Mavericks credit for not giving them the full max, like 200 million. What, what I didn't understand was if they told Kyrie, listen, we'll give you 70 million over three years. Was he going to take half that, you know, was he going to take $12 million right. a year to play for the Lakers or, or whoever? Cause there was nobody else right. even considering offering him money. Um, so I don't like what the Mavericks did. I understand that they were kind of hamstrung and backed into a corner, but it's their fault for getting in the corner in the first place. Um, Kyle Kuzma is the one name I, I did want to touch on as far as this Knicks-related podcast because the last time we had spoken, we were under the assumption as we're as yeah, yeah pretty he was gone that he was yeah. gone because the, the Wizards were going to completely tank, uh, completely real. But you look at it, the Rockets not half bad. Um, you know, you got Jordan Poole on there, you got Kuzma, but they're going to you know fight for shots and you know score a ton of points, yeah. not play much defense. Um, but you know they they got some pieces there. They got you know Denny Abbey is going to get a, a couple more minutes. Um, they got some guards, so it'll be interesting to see yeah, how. Shout out to my guy. Uh, shout out to my guy, uh, Corey Kispert, Gonzaga. Yep. Uh, yep. Former Gonzaga first round pick had a really good year last year. Underrated. Yes. Yeah. He's going to get a ton of open points. They're going to you know kind of push the pace and try to score teams. Um, so that's for the Knicks. You know, obviously, I I, I don't think pick will. Get- this year, um, but two years, three years down the road, as long as they keep that core intact, um, even if they flip Kuzma for another, you know, young piece and they, they get on one of their lottery picks, um, there's reason to believe that in a couple of years they could be outside the 10 worst records in the NBA, which is good news for the Knicks. Yeah, and by the way, uh, the name that was uh, losing during that last segment, Chris Duarte traded yes. from the Pacers to the Kings, which I actually thought was a really good move. Uh, Duarte, I know, did not play well, fell out of favor in Indiana. He kind of was there over top, and I think in many ways. But, yes. like, he goes to play with uh, Fox and Sabonis, a guy he has great chemistry with already, um, a great passer, and a really good offensive system over there. Um, I thought the Kings had a really good offseason um, with some of the moves they did. It wasn't like they, they signed some superstar but, yeah, I don't uh, love this bonus extension. I thought they overpaid a little bit for this. That that was probably where where the buck maybe stopped. I, I yeah. yeah, that was a lot, especially when you consider you know it's crazy. Like I look at these deals that come out and I look at them and I say, wow, the Knicks are paying like you know, know. Fred VanVleet's you know Jason Jalen Brunson is making you know sixty percent of Fred VanVleet's deal. You know Julius Randle right. is making you know sixty percent of the bonuses deal. Like. Uh, whatever you think these guys' strengths and weaknesses are, like you think the production you get from these guys, who and then you consider where these other guys are, are getting their money from, and it really is kind of eye opening. So, and yeah, Knicks, I thought bonus, and, and the Knicks are gonna have to pay up in a couple of years when those guys are extension eligible, but yes, for, for the time, right? Game, for right now, it looks yeah. good, you know. And and yeah. what's good about it too is I don't want Drun- Brunson out of here, but like because those trade those deals are so manageable, you would think that if a trade had to happen with a Randall, with a Mitchell Robinson. Like, Yaku Pertle got, like, $20 million a year. Yep. Like, you know, I'm like, Mitchell Robinson's making 75% of what Yaku Pertle's making. His deal is descending. Like, these are move, These are, are contracts that teams will, will 
will be like, we can accept this given the new rules and the CBA and stuff. So like I was watching these watching the money go around and I'm like, man, Nick's really they're in a really good spot. So and, and, yeah, this bonus move was and to your point, even with the DiVincenzo signing, if they try for a year and the back and you know they, the lack of a back power forward really crushes the Knicks and the glass and they lose their advantages, DiVincenzo is an eminently movable contract next summer and, right. and years beyond as well. So exactly, yeah, and that's why that's also one of the big reasons why I thought it was, it was good for them to make the move to sign him because yeah. that is a good player on a yeah. very reasonable deal. So yes. attaching him in any trade is not going to. Uh, kneecap you the way attaching Evan Fournier is right now, who's still on the team. They still can't right, right, right. Uh, give him away at this point in time. So, yeah, Sabonis trade, Jones signing, not that great, but I did like the other signings, bringing back Harrison Barnes, getting yep. the, uh, the European, yeah. uh, the Euro League MVP. Uh, I think that that's going to be a really underrated signing. Um, that guy has, is a sniper, um, <laughs> one of the best shooters in the Euro League. So he comes over uh, to the NBA. But, um, the Kyrie thing was was not surprising no. because I think so. Here's the thing about the Kyrie thing. I'm used the last person to, to actually give Mark Cuban credit or or like defend him, but I'm gonna defend him a little bit on this. Is we we know Kyrie Irving is a loose cannon. So if you say, and I'm not necessarily thinking that they got duped and thinking that Kyrie was gonna go to another team. I don't think that. But I think for them, they said, look. We could give him, you know, two dollars more than the team that could offer him the right, most money, right. and he kind of, you know, pout and, and get upset and be like, "You guys disrespected me." Like one thing that came out during the negotiations was they said Kyrie wanted to go to a team where he wasn't going to be taken advantage of. Whatever the hell that means, like I don't know what that even means for in an NBA context of a player that could possibly be taken advantage of by his own team that's paying a million dollars i don't even know what that means that was the messaging coming out of his camp when free agency started so but I, when i hear that i think okay Kyrie wants to be paid like the talent that he is even though he's unreliable so the Mavs have a choice you could say you know what no we're going to give you a you know a three-year 65 million dollar contract no one else can give you that and they're going to have to take that even though we know talent wise you're much better than that or they could say, look, we know what kind of talent you are. We want you happy. Here's, you know, a lot of the money you could have got. Not all, not the max, but there's a lot of the money that you got on a shorter deal. And hopefully we can make this thing work. I think that that's what they were doing. Given they put themselves in this situation, I can't be so mad at that. I would not have put myself in this situation. I would not have traded for Kyrie Irving. I don't trust the guy. But similar to the conversation we had about Obi Toppin, like, there's an ultimate reality where, like, the Dallas Mavericks are doing great. They still have Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic won MVP last year, and they competed for a championship. That's not the reality we live in today. We live in this reality. We let Jalen Brunson walk. They got desperate because their team was falling apart, and they made a disastrous trade. So now they're trying to make the best of it. Do you, once there's an argument to say, do you compound one mistake with another? That's a great point. My thing would be if they don't sign Kyrie Irving to money that he deems himself worth, worth on a free agent contract i think you're you're bringing back you know it's going to be like having you know the scarlet witch you know you know you know and dr strange the dr strange where you you know it's going to be someone that's just completely going crazy and just completely blowing up your situation so better to try to keep him as happy as long as you can than start off the relationship with him in a bad mood i would just say this could any franchise kowtow to a player more than the nets did to Kyrie? 
He took know, off for true. two weeks. They didn't, they didn't ask where he was. They paid him, you know, max, yeah. when they initially signed him, they gave him max contract. He didn't want to get the shot. And they, you know, they two weeks later, you know, they told him, all right, you got to stay home. And then, all right, you can back, you know, and, and yeah. all that. After all that, they fired the coach because he didn't like to practice on days off. They brought in his buddy, James Harden, because him and KD wanted it. And after all that, because they wouldn't go that last final step and give a guy who would play 40% of the games a max contract extension in the middle of the year when they were <laughs> again, and, and he still burns them. So I, to me, it's just, you know, regardless if you pay him a dollar or a million, he's going to, you know, manufacture ways to be upset and cause headaches. Um, so that re- again, I, I, I'm, but I'd rather have, you know, gains it at the middle of the election than Irving. Again, talent wise, there's no comparison but just in terms of actually winning basketball games it, 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 it you look at the big picture and to me the biggest issue there and you know from a Knicks podcast you got to keep an eye on Luka Doncic now because yeah. I just thought there was like there's no way that things could go south in Dallas you know with, but I think you introduce that 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 poison into room and into the infrastructure of the building i mean look what happens to the nets that you know promise of, of the big three and all that just disintegrated um you know and, and a lot and it's not solely Kyrie's fault but there you could you, you know you track back a lot of the stuff and, and a lot of it's on Kyrie builder uh if when if it ever happens where Dallas and Lucas just lose faith in in Mavericks and demands a trade um, you know, listen. I don't think Cuban would get would rather you know give Doncic away for free than have Brunson yeah. and Doncic team up New York. But um, just again, you know, when free agency, you know, kind of all that stuff. If 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 and when the the the, the Mavs don't kind of reach their their ceiling under Doncic, I think we circle back to the day they traded for Kyrie as kind of the big point. And I think from a Knicks perspective, that is kind of how I think many Knicks fans should kind of observe this offseason as we've seen Woj, we've seen several other, uh, you know, insiders say like, this is probably not the offseason Knicks make the big move, but all of them keep saying next year is the year, which I'm like, what do they know that we don't know regarding that next year being this big year where the Knicks are actually then going to make the big move. But you see the Dante situation, you see the James Harden situation that's left Philly now in a bind where, they're trying to trade hard and it doesn't sound like they can get great value for them. So now they're trying to play the game of chicken. Essentially that they played with Ben Simmons and say, well, we may just bring him back. Um, I don't know how that's going to work. James Harden is, you think you thought dealing with Ben Simmons was tough. Uh, James Harden going to put on that fat suit again. <laughs> that's not going to play well Philly at all. Like that guy, he was going out in training camp and hanging out with little baby at concerts, missing practices. Like, you really want to play this game with James Harden? I don't know if Daryl Moore exactly knows uh, what he's getting himself into with that. But, like, you see that and what that means for Joel Embiid. Like, uh, this, the Bucks signed Brooke Lopez, signed Chris Middleton. Those guys, older players, let's see what they do this year. You yeah. know, how do the Bucks stack up? What does that mean for Giannis Antetokounmpo? So, for some reason, insiders seem to think the Knicks are going to have the inside track on somebody next year. So the moves I'm seeing from some of these teams, it's setting up potential situations where guys could have a, a down year and say, you know what, this didn't work out here, get me out of here. So that was one of the biggest takeaways I had was uh, some of these teams, uh, yeah, essentially, I think, putting really their last stands 
to to keep their guys happy. I think Dallas's Kyrie Mur- Kyrie Irving move was a last stand to keep Doncic happy. I think that uh, the Bucks bringing back Middleton and and Lopez on long term deals, you got to try to keep Giannis happy. And now Philly is kind of in a in a tailspin trying to figure out how they could put together a championship contender while still trading James Harden. Yeah, uh, the Giannis thing will get interesting. The Bucks can offer him a max extension this October um, if he decides uh, to uh, not sign it. Certainly doesn't mean that he's going anywhere or that he's demanding a trade or that he won't sign it the following summer. But, you know, maybe just a little heads up to, you know, a little nod to the Bucks at the clock a little bit. Um, certainly, you know, the, the league is going to be keeping an eye on whether that, that deal gets done or not. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the, you know, from that perspective, there's a lot – to be optimistic about in terms of where a superstar might, might shake loose. And this summer didn't do anything um, to secure uh, Joel Embiid's long-term future. You know, right. Maybe make a game or you know, are they going to Tyrese Maxi? That obviously impacts things. Um, we'll, you know, we'll kind of, that's the other thing as far as the Knicks and all other Eastern Conference teams um, are obviously going to keep a close eye on the Dame situation. If he goes to Miami, and all that the Heat have to give up is, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Hero's contract and a couple 28 and 20, 30 first round picks. Um, you know, that obviously would be a steal for Miami. I don't think Portland does it, but that would be a, a tough blow for, for the Knicks and any other team contending the East. Same goes to the Philly, you know, teaming up him and Joel Embiid with a really tough combo. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But, um, it's amazing. We've had some some very interesting stuff go down over the first week plus of free agency. Now we got the good agents can start on deals, and um, we'll see if the Harden and the Dame stuff starts to get any more concrete in the days ahead. Yeah, Damian Lillard remains now the biggest domino left in this NBA offseason equation. Where he goes will impact the Knicks. If it's the Miami Heat, that's a big impact on the Knicks. That's a team the Knicks played in the playoffs, so um a team that the Knicks could very well be competing in the playoffs with next year I think what they give up would be interesting to see how they fill out the rest of their roster given the guys they've lost this offseason they already lost uh Gabe Vincent they've already lost of course uh uh Max Schroes uh Max Schroes going to the Cavs I think that that's a team I think to pay attention to as well Donovan Mitchell spending a ton of time in New York again this summer uh pictured with you know Allen Houston and Spike Lee at uh City Field last week um, let's see what the Cavs do this season. You know, I thought that the Max Schroes move was a good move. Their bench was lousy, so they needed to continue to add to that bench and add to their depth. So Struess, George Niang, um, those are two guys who can shoot. Another thing the Cavs were missing in that series, they how many bricks did they throw up against the Knicks in that series? So um, the Eastern Conference, some of these teams, they definitely, uh, they they definitely, they're definitely things happening that you need to pay attention to, even beyond just the superstars, just like what the pecking order will be in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we mentioned the Pacers earlier. Um, some of the Eastern Conference teams do have an opportunity to get better. We'll see if the Knicks and what they did soft season so far with DiVincenzo is enough. But I think that's a good place to wrap it for this edition of Orange and Blue Bloods. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Of course, uh, this, you can always uh, get your Orange and Blue Bloods podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcast, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube. We're on the WFEN channel and the Odyssey Sports channel. Tommy, let the people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter. Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. I will be hosting on the fan 
Friday, uh, July 7th, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. So if you're a night owl and you want to catch me on the fan, probably talking some Knicks for sure. Catch me there. Also, make sure you check out the free Odyssey app as well because if you can't stay up that late or get up that early, you can always rewind back and listen to the show later. So that'll be next time you'll catch me on the fan. Uh, we'll be back shortly with another episode of Orange and Blue Bloods. That's going to do it, na- do it for now. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.